Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What's going on? Happy Thursday, everybody. Today is January 26th. Boom, right there. You see that? January 26th. Uh, today is episode 168. 168 episodes, you guys. Drink it in. Wow, that's amazing. Uh, also, I wanted to be. I want to talk about our wells efforts that we're doing. Every single time you donate to ElijahFire.com/slash/donate, that money goes towards keeping this free at five days a week. There's a lot of moving parts behind the behind the scenes, um, and it's expensive to run something like this that that often. Uh, but we're also taking a portion of that every single donation, and we are funneling it into our water well efforts across the globe, which right now is Uganda primarily. And then we've branched out into Nepal and Ethiopia as well. Uh, and I cannot wait to add more countries to that list, but we're giving people their lives back. Um, a lot of people, their, their lives revolve around getting water and their kids sometimes can't go to school because they're having to help them fetch water miles away uh, to tainted water sources. And it's because of you guys and your donations to this ministry that have made that possible. So we seriously can't thank you enough. And I'm swear, man, your crowns are going to look beautiful in heaven. You know what I'm saying? So I'm going to play a quick well video and then we're going to get going. We are celebrating. Why? Because thousands of people cannot access clean water and thousands have given their lives to Jesus because of the clean water ones that have been drilled. You are truly saving lives. You have no idea the peace of mind that you have brought to the mothers in these villages. Now, their young daughters don't have to travel alone for miles and miles to collect water. Instead, they can focus on school and family. Everyone is rejoicing and giving thanks. May God bless you all. Come with me as we go visit one of the mothers that you have impacted. Hello. Hey, I'm here with Pegson's family. Pegson is a mother of eight and she lives with some of her grandchildren. Before the new water wells were drilled in this community, they would walk two hours to the old water source to collect water. It was very hard for them. But now everything has changed because they now have a new water source. Because of you, the water source is just two minutes away from their home. Stories have changed. Thank you for being a blessing. May God bless you. We would like to say thank you. How can you not smile when you hear that lady talking? <laughs> she's great. We found out that she's on staff with Show Mercy International. We were talking to Lori Sally, who's one of the founders of that organization. And she was like, oh, that's a, she's on staff with us. I'm like, she's great. She's awesome. She's uh, puts a smile on the face. So one other thing that I actually forgot about, and I just remembered while this video was going, we have something really exciting that we're going to be focusing on for the first couple of months of this year. So we're going to be focusing uh, on helping organizations based here in the U.S. who are involved in assisting in recovery and restoration of human trafficking victims. So Elijah Streams Grants is where you will go. And when you go there, um, you have two options. You can either recommend to us a great ministry and they have to be based here in the U.S. Um, 
but then you can also, if you're representing a ministry, you can also apply there as well. So more information on that will follow, but I'm going to keep plugging this because guys, this is amazing. And there's a lot of ministries that have been birthed, especially in the last couple of years. I've heard of several. I'm just talking to my friends, talking to just on social media, seeing different things. Um, people, I, they, this is something that God is really high, highlighting right now is human trafficking. And so this is a great opportunity, you guys. So if you go to ElijahStreamsGrants.com, uh, you'll get more information there. So very exciting things on the horizon, everybody. Man, so exciting. So uh, today is going to be a very exciting episode. We're going to be talking about a very uh, important issue on the issue of unity. So to introduce my guest today, to join me in this conversation, she will be spearheading this conversation. Uh, she's a prophetic teacher. She's a revivalist. She's a children's minister. And she's also the author of Kitchen Table Kingdom. Let's give it up for my guest today, Harmony Klingenmeyer. Harmony! Woo! Harmony in 2023. Yes. She is. She's arrived. Yeah, very exciting. Very exciting. Hey, brother, before we go any farther, I feel, felt like the Lord said, um, we need to find out how much it costs to sponsor one well. Mm. So what is the, what does a person need to donate to cover the cost of one well? Because I feel like there's some people, some very generous people who would love to sponsor a well. So yeah. that just rose up in my spirit okay. as I was listening. And so if we can find that out at some yeah. point and share yeah, that in the it, comments, I, yeah. what uh, do we need to give? Yeah. Illumination, get on it. Message. Uh, oh, Vicky said $10,000 is how much it costs to dig one well. Thank you, Vicky. Okay, so that is it it sounds like a big number, but I believe that there are people who are listening who can mm -hmm. say, "Okay, I can give this amount or I can, you know, forgo this or I can sell this." There's this movement happening in the spirit realm where people are selling things and giving their money to the kingdom. And um mm -hmm. that is a biblical principle. We're not mm -hmm. asking anybody to do that. We're not forcing anyone to do it. But if Abba speaks to you, if Papa speaks to you and says, um, I'm ready to, to sow, I'm ready to sell my goods and see the kingdom of God advance. Can you imagine if you and your children were living without clean water every day? Yeah, this is crazy. I cannot imagine that. So I do feel the Holy Spirit on that strongly. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. $10,000, but it's amazing that we're at this point where it's like, so long as we keep, you know, those donations coming, we keep moving forward. Yeah. We're digging a new well every three days. And Steve is already talking about wanting to shorten that again, that wow. duration. So come on. that's crazy. Like, that's amazing. come on. Yes. So you guys are yeah. amazing. Everybody who's donated, God bless you yes. guys. So, all right. So Harmony, we are going to be talking about unity, mm -hmm. which is a very important topic. It's one that I was like, yes, like, let's, let's go there. Mm -hmm. um, because there's a lot of bait right now. There's a lot of things that's like, Hey, it'd be easy to just like grab that low hanging fruit and, and go for it. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to give you the floor and you, and mm -hmm. we're just going to do what we do. Yeah. So the first thing that just pops into my mind is that the Lord is calling us to have the same mind that he has. Yeah. He's calling us to have the same mindset, but not just paradigm, you know, the way we think and, but his actual mind. 
and the scripture describes the mind of Christ. Now, we with the word Christ, we know means anointing, and we'll get into that a little bit more in the future, and how the anointing and unity are married to each other. But I want to start with this idea of the mind of Christ. Jesus is, his mind is described for us in the book of Philippians. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being the very image or form of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself of no reputation and took upon himself the form of a servant. He came in the likeness of man and being found in the likeness in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the worst death possible, the death of the cross. Because of this, God has also given him a name which is above every other name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in on things in heaven, things on earth, and things under the earth. And every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So a lot of us want to experience the power of Christ the power of the anointing. But what we don't understand is that Christ did not consider his position as God something to be held on to, but he released it in order to take on the form of a servant and come in the likeness of man. And a lot of times what is keeping us from experiencing the power of Christ the power of his resurrection is that we have not learned to die. We have not learned to lay down our lives, friends. We have not learned the joy of suffering. We think God is a paycheck and a vending machine where we receive what we need and what we want. Hmm. And what we don't understand is that we're actually called to walk in the cross and resurrection of Jesus Christ. But there is no resurrection until there is death. Hmm. There's no need for resurrection until there has been a death. And what is it that we're called to, to die to? What is it that's called to die? It is self. Yeah. And it is the cult of self that is keeping us from walking in unity with one another. Wow. It is an obsession with self. Mm. It's an addiction to self. And there, there, I'm going to just be honest, the church, we, you know what? We, we've kind of been part of the, part of that, that culture, that, that celebrity Christian culture, that culture that says, you know, flashy and glitz and glam. That's what really matters. And, and we don't, we don't even recognize Jesus when it comes in dirty and not dressed pretty and not, and not what we want it to be. And we reject what doesn't form. It doesn't fit into this teeny tiny little form that we've created and we've called it Christ. And it's way too small for him. And because of this, because of our idolatry, our idolatry of self, it is keeping us from experiencing the true outpouring of the spirit of the living God that we desire in the earth. We are all hungry for a move of God. We are all passionate about seeing souls saved and people delivered from demonic possession and oppression. 
We are excited about healings, the manifestations of the spirit, the accurate prophetic ministry, all these different aspects of the manifestations of the spirit. But we have forgotten what is the milk of the word, which is the cross of Jesus Christ. It is dying to self. And I feel Papa's heart. Hmm. I feel him saying, sons and daughters. Are you willing to die to experience what my son experienced when he ascended into heaven as the victorious king of all the universe, leading his enemies in procession behind him? Are we willing to experience the death that he experienced in order to experience the authority and the power and the and the release of the supernatural that we all desire? We have to be willing to die. And what does that what does it look like practically? It looks like it's more important to walk in love than it is to be right. Yeah. It means when you're face to face with someone you don't agree with, you choose unity over being right. Now, there's a few few hills we got to be willing to die on, right? Sure. We're not willing to, to, to discuss the Trinity. I mean, the Trinity is the Trinity. We believe in the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's the hill we're willing to die on. We can't be in unity with someone who doesn't agree with that, right? Right. Okay, yeah. so there's a few hills we're willing to die on. Yeah. We're yeah. willing to die on the hill of the inerrancy of the scripture, mm-hmm. right? So there's a few things we're willing to have an argument about. Mm-hmm. There's a few things we're willing to get out our apologetics for and defend the gospel. Sure. But the vast majority of the things we are arguing about in the body of Christ are not salvation issues. They're not even character issues. Yeah. And that's another thing. If someone, if you are close to someone, God has put us within community to redirect one another, to help one another develop character. This isn't uh, uh, some some sort of like blanket, you know, it's okay for you to do whatever you want. That's not what this is about. Correction within relationship is powerful and necessary. I was just saying it's necessary. Yeah, yeah. But that's not what we're discussing here. What we're discussing here is if you're having arguments online with someone about tongues. Now, you and I know the power of tongues. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we understand yeah. that it is literally the third person of the Trinity speaking through our mouths. Hmm. That is perfect prayer. And you may feel in your heart that's a hill you want to die on, but not until you have invested so much into that person that you have the right to bring it to them. Where you have earned the right to say, hey, I want to te- I want to explain and bring my experience with the Holy Spirit to you because you're so valuable to me that I want you to experience the same thing. Yeah. And look at the motive of the heart. Is it to be right or is it to see that person step into a greater understanding of who God is? We have to yeah. interrogate our motives, friends. Mm. Yeah. In, in this season. We have got to interrogate our motives. Yeah. Why are we having big fights online 
or even in our families with our spouses. Mm -hmm. How many issues are not worth arguing about? A lot. (laughs) A lot. A lot. Yeah. I'm preaching to myself. Sure. Yeah. Actually, I kind of enjoy a good argument. Yeah. So, I mean, oh, I can't tell you how many times in my 12 years of marriage, almost 12 years of marriage, I've been like, Holy Spirit's like, don't say that thing. And I'm like, I'm going to say that thing. (laughs) Totally. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Two hours later. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And he literally warns us, right? He's like, or, this is what he talks to me. He's like, or daughter, you could totally experience the supernatural power of God by dying right now yeah and i'm like hmm which shall i choose yeah (laughs) will i choose the momentary satisfaction of being right Mm. or will i step into an encounter with my papa right now where i feel his pleasure and his delight as i die to self We must practice this and we must become so addicted to the delight of God that when he confronts us, when he says, Ooh, I have an idea. Listen to my voice. (laughs) I have an idea. What if you apologized, even though you don't think you're wrong? Oh yeah. What if you, What if you went out on a limb for the sake of this relationship right now, instead of stonewalling Hmm. and you're like, that is the exact opposite of what I want to do at this moment. Oh man. But maybe I could take a risk and obey Jesus and see what happens in my life. Hmm. And that is the invitation. Papa God is literally reaching out to me through you and saying, I want you to experience my delight, my pleasure. I want us to experience such a place of oneness, son and daughter, where you and I are so one that when you come face to face with another child, you are so drawn to be in unity with them because you've encountered me. You've tasted of my unity. Wow. And this is this is really, it comes down to what does the scripture reveal about the power of unity? So I do, I want to dive into a little scripture. Oh, yeah. Here you go. <laughs> so we're going to start, of course, with the words of Jesus. We're going to go to the gospel of John, chapter 17. And what translation are you reading out of? Right now, I am reading out of the NLT. Sometimes okay. I switch. NLT, in just in case. Some people ask because they want to read along. So Totally. NLT, everybody. New Living Translation. Yes. And it's it's um, the, the NLT is translated to be read out loud because originally oh, all scriptures were written to be spoken. Yeah, I knew that. Yeah. And so really the cool. NLT is written in that same fashion. So yeah. if we look just starting at, um, you know, at verse one and just really I like to give a nice passage of scripture so we'll just start with what Jesus was doing what was he doing Jesus looked up to heaven and said so Jesus is praying father the hour has come glorify your son so that he can give glory back to you for you have given him authority over everyone he gives eternal life to each one you have given him and this is the way to have eternal life 
to know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, the one who sent you sent to earth. I brought glory to you here on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. Now, Father, bring me into the glory we shared before the world began. I have revealed you to the ones you gave me from this world. They were always yours. You gave them to me and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything I have is a gift from you. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. Listen to the humility of the second person of the Trinity. He's continually giving back the glory to his father. For I have passed on to them the message you gave to me. They accepted it and know that I came from you and they believe you sent me. My prayer is not for the world, but for those you have given me because they belong to you. All who are mine belong to you and you have given them to me so they bring me glory. Now I am departing from the world and they are staying in this world, but I am coming to you. Holy Father, you have given me your name. Now protect them by the power of your name so that they will be united just as we are. During my time here, I protected them by the power of the name you gave me. I guarded them so that no one was lost except the one headed for destruction as the scriptures foretold. Now I am coming to you. I told them many times while I was with them in this world that they would so that they would be filled with my joy. I have given them your word and the world hates them because they do not belong to the world just as I do not belong to the world. I am not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. Just as you sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world. And I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them so they can be made holy by your truth. I am praying not only for these disciples. (laughs) I am not. I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you, and may they be in us so that the world will believe that you sent me. Come on, just Mm -hmm. really let the word of the Lord begin to soak on you right now. What is Jesus doing? He's interceding for us. (laughs) Jesus, Yeshua, God the Son, talked about us in the scriptures. All those who will ever believe in me through their message. And what is the one thing that Jesus prayed? So what we need to understand is Jesus talks a lot in the Gospels. But this is the only time he talked about you. Hmm. This is the only time he prayed for you. And what did he say when he prayed for you? 
Let them be one. I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one. The one thing that Jesus thought it was most important to pray, to declare, to prophesy over us as he was speaking to his father in heaven is that we would walk in unity. Hmm. Why does it matter so much to God? Why does it matter so much to God? Let's just like take a moment. In heaven, it's not a corporation. In heaven, there is a family. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In perfect union. Constantly deferring to one another. Constantly showing honor to one another. Constantly washing the other's feet. Constantly bringing attention to the other's faithfulness. Constantly pointing out the other, the other member of the Trinity's amazingness. Jesus spends all, all the books, uh, uh, chapters of John 14 and 15 and 16 doing this one thing, describing how amazing the Holy Spirit is. And at the end of all things, before he ascends into heaven, he takes his last moments on earth to do this one thing, to honor the next person of the Trinity who would manifest upon the earth. The reason God has called us to unity is because there is perfect unity in the Trinity. In order for the unity to be all that the unity is called to be, all that the unit, uh, the Trinity is, in order for the Trinity to bring forth its full manifestation, there must be perfect unity. There must be agreement and mutual submission and continual honor or you know, one, something of God is going to be missing from the equation. And Papa doesn't, that's not how he operates. And that's why he compares the, the, the church to a body. The body, the human body is this perfect picture of unity. Literally, there's all these different organs within the body right? All these different things. There's the stomach and there's the, you know, the digestive system and all those parts are interacting all the time, but connected to that is obviously the blood, the blood system and the the nervous system and all these different systems. The brain system is, Mm -hmm. is operating through all of the systems of the body. And then there's this huge system, the largest system of the body, which is the skin, which holds it all together. And and what makes up what makes up 80% of our bodies is water and 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 water is flowing across cell walls at all times osmosis is happening at all times a beautiful picture of interconnectedness interdependentness we are interdependent on one another the liver cannot say to the big toe i do not need you <laughs> we need each other yeah And the reason is because God has no needs outside of the Trinity. But within the Trinity, Papa needs the Son. And the Son needs the Spirit. Mm -hmm. 
and the spirit needs Papa. Hmm. They do need each other. Hmm. We are called to mirror him in all of his person. And unity is at the core of who he is. Hmm. And that in its essence is why we're called to unity. Yeah. Because we are called to be the image bearers of God. Hmm. So good. Which yeah. means, which means what? I mean, the 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 result of that, or the the consequence of that, is that if we choose disunity, if we choose division, we can never mirror the image of the Trinity. When it doesn't just affect you, you know, it's like, oh, I'm gonna alienate. But like you were describing, with the body being a perfect example of unity, that if I take my heart out, bye bye. If I take my stomach out, bye-bye, you know, like it, it just, yes. you know, oh, I don't want it there. You know, it's like, well, like it needs to be there. Okay. You know, and um, yeah. And if it's like, if I, if I hit something else, if I, yeah, if I remove something, there's going to be problems, serious yes. problems. And yes. so if we take that and we apply that to the body of Christ, mm -hmm. yes. it's the same thing, right? Yes. Exactly. And when one part suffers, we all suffer. And the longer we ignore the suffering of one part, the more the whole suffers. Mm. And I think there's been a lot of that. Yeah. We ignore our own pain and we ignore other people's pain. We don't know. We don't actually know the proper way to deal with pain. We haven't been taught. That pain is actually a gift. It reveals something that needs to be healed. Right? Mm. If we didn't have pain, there are people that are born without the ability to feel pain. And very terrible things happen to these people because it's impossible for them to know if they're touching something hot because they don't feel pain. Right. Yeah. So I think in some ways we've numbed ourselves. We've numbed ourselves to ourselves. And because of that, we've become numb to one another. Mm. We've become numb to our brokenness. We don't know how to diagnose anymore. We've lost that skill and Abba would like to return it to us. And the first step, of course, is repentance. The first step is to come back into submission to the spirit of the living God. That's what repentance does. It brings us out of submission from the principalities and into submission to the spirit of the living God. Jesus said it, you cannot serve two masters. You will either serve one and love the other, or hate one and love the other. Mm -hmm. You cannot serve two masters. And so the, the truth is what we must come to grips with is if we are not submitted to the spirit of the living God, we are submitted to another spirit. That's right. Come on. And, and so God, Papa is here today right now with us to reveal because he longs to heal and bring us back into submission. That's why the scripture says, therefore submit to God and resist the devil and he will flee to you. What's the first step? You must first come out of submission to the principalities and into submission to the spirit of the living God. Mm -hmm. This restores your spiritual authority, which means when you resist the devil, he will flee from you. But if you are in submission to the spirit of rebellion, if you are in submission to the spirit of division, if you are in submission to the spirit of offense, you will not carry any spiritual authority against them. Hmm. You, you are literally become their chattel. 
you have become their slave. Mm. And when you try to command them, they laugh at you because you've yielded over your authority to the God of this world. You can either submit to the Lord of the earth or you can submit to the God of this world, but not both. And you must decide today. Papa is asking us. And this it's it's hard. I understand because the church has hurt us, because our families have hurt us, because our husbands and wives have hurt us, because we have rights, because we are American and we need to take off our American way of understanding the world. We need to take off our independence. We need to take off this idea of constitutional rights just for a minute, not within society, but within our understanding of God. The Constitution is a great gift to our society, Mm -hmm. but it isn't helping us relate to God because he is not a president. He is the king of kings and Lord of lords. And he is asking us to submit. Bow the knee to God. Bow the knee to God. And, and, you know, um, some of this, some of this revelation, I just want to give honor. I spent all weekend listening to Emma Stark. I was at a powerful conference called Momentum. And, uh, amazing Krista and Sean Smith and Emma Stark and Tommy Arayomi were there. And I had the great privilege to sit under powerful teaching. And some of this comes from them. Some of this is the overflow of what I received from them. A lot of this I prepared beforehand, but gosh, when you are, when you sit under people who understand spiritual authority, who themselves are submitted to the spirit of the living God. You begin to see the things that are not in submission within yourself. And you're like, I want it. I want to die. I'm ready to die. I'm ready to lay down my rights. And, and the truth is, if we will, if we will come out of submission to the spirit of rebellion and witchcraft and offense and independence, and we'll submit ourselves to the spirit of the living God. There's a host of promises God. that God has laid up for us. And the scripture makes it very clear that we can walk in if we choose first to die yeah. and walk in unity. Yeah. I've even been in, 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 in the process of denying myself and I felt and it's a, it, you know, it's a humbling thing. It's a, you know, when you're like laying down, even like fighting against your flesh and being like, no, God, I am choosing to do this. And I felt like, I felt God like, yeah, you know, like, but in the moment, I'm just like, even when I feel that I'm like, I'm, I'm <laughs> hang on. <laughs> I need to like, I need to finish what I'm like saying or what I'm doing, you know, but even in the midst of that, I mean, like I've even, I, this isn't always the case, you know, and it's important that we don't take one scenario and go, ah, this is 10 out of 10 times. This is, this is the solution, you know, yeah. put everything in a box and try and, you know, but there have been times when I've denied myself and it was an instantaneous reward. Um, and then there's other times where I don't see, I don't feel like I saw any reward, you know, but I know, I know that it was the right thing to do. And, and I think that's, what's important to know what's expected of us. Uh, you know, and scripture is going to inform you of that. And that's why it's so important to stay in the word and to eat the yes. word and to, to yes. live and breathe that, you know? Yes. So. 
the thing about the promises of God is that there's there's actual principles written into the universe. He he put them into the universe, like physics. Physics is part of the universe, and there's no denying it, right? Yeah. Gravity is gravity, and unless you get up into into space, gravity is going to be encountering you. Yes. And so there's principles, and we see this even in um, the book of Genesis when when God reestablishes His covenant with Noah. He said, "From this time on, forevermore, there will be seed time." and harvest there will be sun and and there will be a day and night there will be uh, you know winter months and summer months and so god was saying the principles i've put into um into nature exist for a reason and if you will obey the principles that i've put into nature um you you'll discover me first of all because i'm i'm revealed in nature <laughs> romans 1 tells us so and so many other places in scripture, you'll discover who I am and you'll experience the blessings of my nature and character. So that doesn't mean instantaneous gratification. That doesn't mean, you know, it's the microwave effect like every single time. But what I will say is this, God understands parenting better than anyone. So he knows exactly where we're at and if we need instant gratification or not. Papa knows if you needed a reward because he's a good daddy. Yeah. He knows if you need to hear right now, well done, good and faithful servant, and he'll say it to you. Mm-hmm. He also knows if if you're in a place where you're you're ready to wait upon him for the greater secrets. Yeah. Because it's the glory of kings, right? It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, and it is the glory of kings to seek it out. But not every one of us is is walking in kingship right now. Some of us are princes and earls and some of us are just, you know, just starting out and we're little babies on our toddler feet. And we just need, we need that, ama- that we need that sticker. We need that stamp that says, good job. And we need, the we cookie, need our- the, you know, fill in the blank. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. just need, we need a treasure from the treasure box, right? Mm-hmm. He understands where we are, but yep. some of us, and I, I call out to your spirit, deep cries out to deep friends. Some of us are ready to wait on the Lord. Yeah. Some of us are ready to wait upon him, to minister to him. Some of us are ready to sit quietly like weaned children, not constantly begging, but waiting upon him. And the Lord has been talking to me about this and they go hand in hand. You can't walk in unity with other people if you're going to behave like a toddler. You're going to be fighting for, for yourself. You're going to only be able to see yourself. But if you're ready for the meat of the word, if you're ready for maturity in the things of God, God is asking you to become like a weaned child and wait upon him. And if you will do so, he knows exactly how long you can hold out. And he'll in the in the right moment, he'll say, well done. Here's your answer. Here's the solution. Here's the blessing. Well done. You waited upon me, daughter. You waited upon me, son. And now a blessing is about to drop into your lap because you didn't react. You didn't react out of a need to be seen, out of a lack of identity. You didn't react out of fear. You waited upon me. And I am going to be the answer then. You can wait on them and and be desperate for them and hungry for their opinion. Or you can wait upon me. And I feel this right now in my spirit. Oh, there are some of us. Papa is saying, are you ready for maturity? Are you ready to graduate? Some of us are in the middle of a of a of an assessment. 
I don't like the word test just because, you know, I just don't like that word. Tests, yeah. <laughs> but I really like the word assessment. Yeah. Because God is That's assessing good. where we're at and he's designing our next instruction. Hmm. He's looking at where we, what we've learned so far. And he's saying, okay, I still need to teach him this, 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 and this. Okay, I'm going to design in my sovereign will what will produce Christ within them and oneness with me. Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash give and become a partner today. And in the end, this Christ will produce oneness within the body of Christ. Abba wants oneness. He desires to be one with his people and for his people to be one with him and for us to be one with one another. This is his goal. This is what Jesus prayed. Oh God, let them be one as we are one. And so everything that's going on right now is an assessment of what we need to learn and what needs to be developed within us that will bring us to a place of maturity, that will help us to lay down our rights and begin to war for the body of Christ. Hello, some of us are so consumed with our rights, we can't see how our rights are hindering the flourishing of God's bride, of the church as a whole. You know, it's like when you pray for rain. My mama is such a powerful woman of God. But when she prays for rain, she always says, only if it won't hurt the farmers. Only if it won't hurt the crop. Hmm. Only if it won't do damage, Abba. Then I'll pray for rain because I'm not allowing what's good for me to be a problem for someone else. I'm not going to sit and say, give me, give me, give me, God, Hmm. at the expense of the body of Christ any longer. Sometimes it isn't my voice that needs to be heard. Sometimes it's my friend Audrey, or if it's Jeff's voice, or if it's Chris Alicia. Sometimes it doesn't need to be us, friends. Sometimes we need to be the ones in the back interceding and praying and declaring the word of the Lord over those that God has pulled to the front. How many of us are fighting for our rights? Because really at the root of that is the orphan spirit. We do not know our own value in the spirit realm. Mm, Yeah. And so we're fighting, 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 fighting for what already belongs to us. And it's getting in the way of the greater victory. So I'm I'm in the same place as you, friends. Like, we're all in this together. Mm-hmm. We're all in this together. It's cutting me. It's circumcising my heart mm-hmm. a little bit more, even yeah. as I talk about it. Yeah. I'm like, Papa, let me walk in this God. Abba, teach me. Release the grace right now to walk in unity, to lay down my life. And then, as I said, we haven't even gotten to the promises. We haven't even gotten to the blessings of unity. God is about to reveal to you it's worth it. Mm, Yeah. It is worth it. Yeah. So. Yeah. But I also just want to say the there's this lie that Satan weaves into us, and it's if someone else is succeeding or someone else is promoting, 
uh, promoted, that determines my value. And ooh, friends, like run, if you have that thought, run as far away as you can from that thought, because it is horrible. I've been there, done that with that thought, where you see someone else succeed and you go, they succeeded. That means that I didn't. And that did, you know, and I talk a lot on the show about the distance between point A and point B. Point, point A being your your breakthrough or the promise that God is the distance between those, what happens between the distance point A to point B is to me is now more important than the destination. The destination is great. You know, wow, praise God, we're there. Oh God, look what you did. But man, the distance between where you are now and where that is is so mm-hmm. important. And what happens in that in there, the it's hidden right. season. I, I shared on the show plenty that before I entered into this, what I'm doing now, eight years of being hidden away, eight years, (laughs) eight years, you know? And so it's like, I, uh, that's a long time, you know, and there's some people who wait are still waiting. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I get it. And I have your sympathy, but your value is not determined by someone else's promotion. So no, no, we have to decide, and this is, I was just talking to a friend about this. Um, what is really valuable to us? Because what God values is oneness. And everything that he does, everything that he orchestrates in our lives and designs in our lives is for the purpose of oneness, to produce Christ within us so that we may be one with him. Yeah. His entire design from the very beginning was to create a place of cohabitation for us and God. That is all he wants. He wants oneness. He wants to be one with us. So you have to decide, do you desire oneness or is there something else you want more than that? More than being one with God and one with with the body of Christ. Like, is there something you desire more than that? At the root of that is the orphan spirit. Hmm. You don't understand that you can't even imagine the pleasure, the glory. The delight, the ecstasy, as Emma says, Emma Stark says, the ecstasy of oneness, of merging, as Emma Stark says, with the Father. Hmm. If we did, we would run to it as fast as we possibly could, Mm -hmm. (laughs) as our fat little legs will take us. (laughs) We literally would run, run to daddy, run to papa, run as quickly as we can if we understood the the ecstasy of oneness i mean this is why people choose drugs and alcohol and sex because it is all a cheap imitation of the ecstasy of oneness with god and once you taste it oh taste and see Mm -hmm. oh taste and see that the lord is good blessed are those who who run after him. Blessed are those who pursue him. Blessed are those who choose him over the pleasures of this world, over the things that are fleeting, over being right, over getting the last word, over winning this argument. Blessed are those who choose the pleasure of obedience and the the beautiful blessings that come with it over the fleeting pleasure of sin. David said, I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to divide the spoil with the wicked. What did he understand about the doorway of the house of the Lord? 
that that was the gateway to the greatest pleasure that has ever existed in the universe. And that is why Abba is calling us to unity. Come on. I mean, like, it's worth it, guys. Like, it's worth Mm -hmm. it. It's painful in the moment when you're like, oh, I have to die right now. I have to die in this argument. I have to die. I have to lay this down. I have to say something like, I love you, your treasure. And I want to understand your perspective. Could you tell me that again? I'm going to practice listening to you. And we're also going to put a muzzle on my face. <laughs> yeah, it's just going to literally put a muzzle on my face. Yeah. Um, so actually, this is a perfect way to say, uh, to to bring in this question. Someone uh, from the comments, Jillian, she asked earlier, is Harmony willing to provide an example of apologizing when she doesn't believe she's done anything wrong? Some listeners may be psych abuse victims who apologize just to make peace. I was like, that's that's great. That's a great Boy, point. that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, let's just stop and who was that? Jillian? That Jillian. Is such a great question. Yeah. Okay. So yes, I mean, I have to do this all the time. I mean, this is a this is a, a thing that we do in marriage, but it's 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 not yielding for the sake of of just ending the conversation, right? Or ending the the disagreement. It's yielding because the motive of your own heart is no longer love. So don't, don't examine them. Don't interrogate their motives. Okay. Interrogate your own. Say, Abba, why am I in this argument in the first place? Why do I care so much? Yeah. Why do I I care so much? I ask myself that a lot. mm -hmm. Yep. And then decide right there. Okay. Am I, am I, is the root of the reason why I'm in this argument right now? Is it the orphan spirit? Is I, do I need to be right in order to be valuable? Do I need to be right in order to be loved? If I admit I'm wrong, will I somehow diminish in value? What is at the root of that is the orphan spirit. So that's when you, you pause, practice the pause. Like my, my great friend, Sean Connor always says, practice the halt. If you're hungry, angry, can't remember the L right now. And the T stands for tired. Like there's, there's a time not to talk about things, right? Recognize when you're not ready to have the conversation. If you look at your own motives and you say, okay, you know what? I think I'm fighting for my identity or I feel attacked within my identity. So I can't hear you correctly. Because everything you're saying is being filtered through the orphan spirit. Everything you're saying to me right now feels like an attack. It feels like, you know, you're calling me the problem. I can't hear you correctly because my filter is not Jesus. That's when you pause and you say, you know what? I really want to hear you, but I think I'm not quite in the right spot. I'm not in the right place to hear you. I need to go spend some time with the Lord and just really remember who I am and just really receive what the Lord is saying about me. And then let's schedule a time. Let's sit down and we'll both come to this conversation. So we're not running away forever, right? We're taking a break and then we're setting a time when it when it's not 930 at night. Friends, listen to me. No important conversations after 9 p.m. Hear <laughs> my voice. Good. Hear me. This is your mother speaking. <laughs> your, your spiritual mama is speaking right now. No important conversations after 9 p.m. That is too late at night. Okay. The emotions get high. The hormones get high at that time of night. That is not the time to have important conversations. So set a time. 
you know, maybe you take a nap or you go out to a nice restaurant together and you have a conversation, even with a friend. You know, if you're having conflict with a friend, you can do this as well. Set a time that works for both of you and come from the place. I am a son, a daughter of the Most High God. And from this place, I am going to love and see this person according to the spirit and listen to them with the same intentionality Mm. that I would listen to Jesus. And then I'm believing that this person is also going to listen to me and that I'm going to share my heart, but I'm not going to share from the orphan spirit. I'm going to share my new perspective. What happens is when you begin to root yourself in identity in Christ and not in other people's opinions, usually arguments sort of solve themselves. Mm -hmm. You begin to see, oh, I was responding to you out of fear. You're not interrogating them. You're allowing the Holy Spirit to love you and begin to minister to your heart. And in the same way, if your reaction is to run away, you need to interrogate that. If your reaction is to fight, 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 that's me. I'm the fight, fight, fighter. I'm not the runner, right? Fight or flight or freeze. Those are our choices. I am not the flight or freeze. I'm the one that will talk to you until you're dead, right? I will not (laughs) give up until you've given in. (laughs) Yield! (laughs) So I'm the one who is the fighter. But if you're the flighter or the freezer, you need to interrogate that. What is at the root of it? Is it identity or is it the orphan spirit? And yeah. allow Papa in the secret place to begin to minister to that. Mm. So that's how I would, I would really start with the heart check, right? Go yeah. to the Jesus doctor and say, what's going on in me that I feel the need to fight with this person, right? Yeah. I'll, I'll give you an example. Okay. So my husband and I, um, my husband wants to hunt and fish with no boundaries and I would love it if he never hunted and fished again. <laughs> Let's just say it like it is. Okay. People. <laughs> and, and the truth is neither of us are wrong. Neither right. of us are wrong in the sense of like one's right and one's wrong. We both have different opinions about priorities and what's fun. Okay. And neither of us are wrong. But at some point, one of us has to die in order for unity to manifest. And, and we can't be the same person every time. I just want to point that out. Oh my. So good. Can't be the so same person every time. Exactly. Yeah. So we take turns laying down our desires. Mm-hmm. So Scott takes turns and he'll take me to the ballet. Actually, he liked the ballet this last time we went and he didn't think it was stupid. He <laughs> thought he was going to think it was stupid and then he liked it. And I was like, he, 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 because the yeah. ballet is awesome. <laughs> <Gotcha>. anyway, yeah. <laughs> I love, I love fine arts. Okay. I studied yeah. opera in Germany. Hey, so, yeah. so he took me to the ballet for Christmas and he was like, actually, I like that. And I was like, yes, win. But he had to sacrifice to get there in the first place because that's not his cup of tea. Right. And neither him nor I are wrong in that, in that, in that situation, but he chose to be like Jesus. He didn't choose to be right or wrong. He chose to be like the father and to love me and honor me and take me to the ballet and to go with me, not to send me with a friend. 
right? He, that's sacrifice. And the same thing goes for me. You know, I actually have grown to enjoy fishing, even though, you know, if you're catching fish, your fingers are all tore up and you smell like worms. But I'm very competitive. So over the years, I'm like, I'm going to catch the most fish. I'm going to catch the biggest fish. <laughs> and I've learned to love the things that he loves, even though that's not my my first. Yeah, it's choice. not your default. It's yeah. not my default. Yeah. But it's not about me being right. It's about unity and mutual submission. So this happens in the church all the time. Let's say two different ministries want to use the same space. This happens on a regular in the church. Somebody signed up to use the fellowship hall and somebody else had signed up months before and there's been a miscommunication. And the question is, who's going to die? Who is going to lay down their rightness? I was on the schedule first in order to preserve and honor unity. And use a different space. Yeah. Right. And like Jeff says, we should take turns. Mm -hmm. You know what we should really do? We should try to outdo each other in this area. We should go for it as often as possible. Be like, I'm going to be the one that dies. I'm going to be it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I love dying. Yeah. (laughs) It's my favorite thing. No, it's nobody's favorite thing. But if you practice, it gets easier. It becomes more natural. Like, this is how I behave. I'm in the habit of obeying. I'm in the habit of choosing unity because I've been practicing this behavior and everything takes practice, friends. You can practice the good habits or you can practice the bad ones. They both take practice. Mm -hmm. So you can practice. And guess what? It's like when a toddler learns to walk. The mom and daddy don't yell when they fall down. So if you're practicing walking in unity and you don't get it right, daddy's like, oh, I just liked it that you tried. I really enjoy your halting steps towards greater unity. Mm. So, good. so there, there might just be one area where Papa's like, could you? And he'll reveal it to you. I believe some of you are listening to me right now and you're like, oh, I know exactly where God would like me to practice this. And it ugh, hurts. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But daddy God is saying, son, daughter, if you'll just, if you'll, if you'll give me that right there, I will pour out grace upon you to obey me. You will be empowered in your obedience, not by your own strength, not by your own might, but by the spirit of the living God. Mm. You will begin to walk in supernatural unity and then you'll experience the blessings of unity. Yeah. And that's that's this is kind of what I want us to end with today is to talk about the blessings of unity. Mm. Because the scripture, oh my goodness, you guys, what the scripture paints for us, what the scripture reveals about the promises of unity are astonishing. They're they're astounding. Like God is ready to totally wreck our lives with his goodness. Mm. If we will choose this unity. And so in Psalm 133, it's my favorite, one of my favorite chapters of the scripture. Not my very favorite, but one of my favorite chapters of the scripture. I actually have this this chapter memorized because it is only three verses long. 
And I want to encourage every single person listening to the sound of my voice right now to memorize Psalm 133. Challenge accepted. Yes. (laughs) Good. I'm going to do it. Nice. I love it. Um, Because if you will, and you begin to meditate upon this, it'll, again, what will it do? It's like throwing fuel on the fire. The scripture says, is not my word like fire and like a hammer that breaks the rocks in pieces. Woo, I feel the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Literally, we're about to break the rock of division. We're about to break the rock of offense by revealing the promises of God from scripture. And as you meditate upon them, the rock that is hard within you, the places in your heart that are hard, as you meditate on the word, God's word is going to begin to hammer on that rock until I bust wide open and you have breakthrough and you have freedom in this area. Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. To get behind this ministry, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. Now back to the show. So, Psalms 133, and this is actually, um, the I kind of mix my versions. There's pieces from the, the NLT that I love, and then there's pieces from the NKJV I love. And mostly I have this memorized from the NKJV. And it goes like this. How good and how pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the anointing oil that runs down the head down the beard of Aaron to the edge of his garment. It is like the dew of Mount Hermon falling on Zion. There God has commanded his blessing, life forevermore. Very simple. But if you begin to analyze what God reveals about unity in this chapter, in this very short chapter, you're gonna find that the very first promise of unity is a return to Eden. Mm. Where did God call things good? In Eden. How good, how good and how pleasant it is. It's like the most beautiful environment when you walk in unity. It's a place where there's abundance. It's a place where there's provision. It's a place where there's not stress. It's a place that is anxiety and depression free. It is a good, pleasant place. Like David says, God has taken me out and put me in a good and broad and pleasant place. This place is a return to Eden. And that in and of itself, it shows you within the Garden of Eden until the choice that Adam and Eve made to reject the submission. They were in perfect unity with the father. That is Eden. Hmm. So we're going to return to this environment of living with God, of dwelling with him, of walking with him in the cool, in the spirit. Actually, what that word cool in the Hebrew is ruach. I learned that this weekend with Emma (laughs) and it means the spirit. They walked in the spirit with God. Oh my goodness. The first blessing of unity is an environment drenched in God's presence. Number one, number two, and this is, I like it in the NLT too, because my name is in it. It says, 
how wonderful and how pleasant it is when brothers live together in harmony. For harmony is as precious as the anointing oil that was poured over Aaron's beard and over Aaron's head that ran down his beard onto the border of his robe. Harmony is as refreshing as the dew from Mount Hermon. <laughs> I love it. That falls on the mountains of Zion and there Yahweh has pronounced his blessing, even life everlasting. Hmm. So the second, the second blessing is the anointing oil. And this is a two-part blessing. First of all, it's the mind of Christ. The scripture teaches that the anointing oil removes the burden and destroys the yoke of wickedness and of the of darkness of the second heaven principalities. So the first thing we experience is freedom. That is the first product of the anointing oil. Second of all, the anointing oil is the mind of Christ. So where there's unity, there's an increase of being able to walk in servanthood because we already said what the mind of Christ is, right? The mind of Christ is the one who makes himself of no reputation. So this gets easier as you walk in unity. And thirdly, this is where creative ideas are. This is where solutions are, friends. They come in the place where the anointing oil teaches you all things according to 1 John. Wow, so powerful. These are the blessings of unity, friends. Yeah, that's so awesome. And the last thing, and this, is, this might, might be the most powerful thing about it, we have to understand who Aaron was. He was the high priest. He was spiritual authority on the earth. He was the archetype of Jesus. He was the high priest upon the earth. Everything that God created has its origins in heaven. Jesus is the high priest in heaven. So basically what this is saying is the authority of the high priest, the messianic authority of Jesus operates through those who walk in unity. If you want to see demons cast out, if you want to see darkness dispelled from your community and your region, if you want to see principalities broken, you need to choose unity, friends. It is necessary for us to die to self in order for true messianic authority to operate through us. Mm. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So powerful. And then we see this picture of the dew of Mount Hermon falling on Zion. Mount Hermon, if you look at, if you study it, it's the breadbasket of Israel. It's the place that was the wettest. It was the place where there was the most crops. It was the greenest. It still is today. What he's saying, and Zion is on the, the edge of a desert. Jerusalem is on the edge of the Judean desert. So what, what uh, the writer of Psalm 133 is saying is if you want to see abundance, if you want to see fruit in your family, if you want to see blessing and breakthrough, what do you need to choose? Unity. Unity. If you want to have, I, I even believe in the area of finances, friends. If we are divided with our spouse, there will not be a blessing on our finances. If we're always fighting, whose vision is going to win? Whose idea of how to of, of, you know, manage the finances is going to win today? If there's a constant battle, 
there isn't going to be blessing. You need to come to the place where there's one vision for the finances of your family, where there's a mutual submission, where you begin to honor the other person's gifting. Maybe you're the tightwad. Maybe you're the one who loves to save money. And that's a really valuable thing. But your but your spouse is just so generous and wants to bless people and take care of the poor. What do you need to do? You need to come together. You need to honor each other's giftings. And then there will be abundance. Mm. Abundance. Mm-hmm. And lastly, but certainly not least, the final blessing of unity is eternal life. It's only in unity that we really understand salvation. Salvation comes literally when we die and are buried with Christ and are raised again with him in new life. Baptism is a picture of unity. Paul said, I have been crucified with Christ. It is not I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And this life I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave his life for me. If we want to see the world changed, they're looking at us right now and they see our fighting, our cruelty to one another, our bickering, our public shaming on social media and on the internet. They see us calling one another false prophets and Jezebels. Friends, listen to me. Jezebel can only be broken by unity. Jezebel is the uncovenanted one. Jezebel is the opposite of unity. If we are submitted to unity, we will always oppose and have victory over Jezebel. But if we are in rebellion, If we are in division, we will never be able to overthrow her. Hmm. And I believe in this hour, our number one assignment is, and I'm going to speak over the Pacific Northwest. Ooh, we are anointed to overthrow Jezebel Hmm. and it will be our unity. Like there was in the days of Jehu and Elisha and Haziel, the three men that were anointed by Elijah to overthrow Jezebel. It will be our unity that finally has victory over the principalities. Hmm. Man, amen to that. Yeah. Hallelujah. (sighs) Hallelujah. Yeah. All right, Harmony, um, would you, I would love for you to pray for people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, friends, last night I had a dream. And in this dream, I was with some very powerful, mighty men and women of God, people that we all know and love. And we were in this massive tent. And um, the tent was full of the lost and the broken and the hungry and the and the, those who are anxiety ridden, those who are on the brink of suicide, the tent was full of the broken. And there was this one person, one minister who was standing in front of me and he began to plead with me, Harmony, we need unity. 
we need unity. And I said to this person, yes, and that unity has to start with us. Hmm. We can't be looking out there and saying, you, you need to walk in unity. You need to deal with your division. You need to deal with your double vision. You need to submit to spiritual authority. We must interrogate ourselves, just like when I was talking to Julian, Jillian, excuse me. When I was talking to Jillian, I said, let us look internally and find out what is our driving motive. God is asking us today to lay down our lives. Paul said, I beg you, my brothers, by the mercies of God, that you will present yourselves as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, which is your reasonable worship, and that you would not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you might be able to prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. I believe right now, as I am speaking, the Lord is revealing to you. I see a pastor, actually. <laughs> I see a pastor right now. And you are dealing with the root of division in your church. You're dealing with the root of, um, of more than one vision. I see an old wineskin and a new wineskin. And I hear the Lord saying, this is actually a word for many leaders in this hour. The old wineskin and the new wineskin. And these two visions have come against each other. And it's generational as well. I see a generational line, a generational division. And I hear the Lord saying, only honor and dying to self will deal with the issue of division. You might be thinking right now, but if I yield to them, if I yield to them, what's going to happen? What are they going to expect from me? And I hear the Lord saying, that's actually the enemy keeping you from the solution. Mm. I actually see you washing the feet of the leaders who have disagreed with you. I see a public act of servanthood where you honor those who have served in the house, those who have served faithfully for maybe 20, 30, 40 years, who have fought the good fight of faith. I see you behaving like a son and a daughter. I see a man specifically, but I believe this is a word to many of us. I see you behaving to those who have opposed you as a son and a daughter. And I hear the Lord saying, as you take the posture of a son and a daughter, I will cause you to arise in this hour. As I did with David, so I will do with you. The one who would not strike his hand against Saul but served him until the day of Saul's death, even to the point that the one who raised his hand against Saul was punished by David. The consequences that fell upon him were for the sake of honor. I hear the Lord saying, as you honor, I will cause the issue to be exposed. 
I will cause their hearts to be broken and for the, the, a willingness to be birthed within them to submit to your vision. As you serve, I hear the Lord saying, do not fear to lay down the, the appearance of control. Do not fear to serve your elders in this hour. What you sow in honor, you will reap in honor, says the Lord. What you sow in servanthood, you will reap in servanthood. And what you sow in sonship, you will reap in sonship, says the Lord. And I believe in this hour, there is a dealing with the sons. I hear the Lord saying, more of you must begin to behave like David. Stop pointing at the at the generation and saying, Saul, 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 I hear the Lord saying. Stop pointing your finger at the older generation and saying, Saul, Saul, until you have learned to serve as David did. A a until you have learned to die as David died a thousand deaths for the sake of his spiritual father. Then you can arise and say, I have served to the last. And the authority that I carry is real and not pretend. And I hear the Lord saying, I will gather those to you who will carry your vision in this hour as you choose to honor. So right now, I just release this word to every spiritual leader that's listening to my voice right now. Whether you're a leader of a home group, you're a leader of a church, a, a lead pastor. Um, if you're operating as a prophet in the house, actually, I see so a couple of prophets right now listening to me. You've never been publicly honored. Hmm. You've served in houses and you've been treated like the crazy person, like the like the the cat lady. You've been treated like you didn't deserve honor. And I hear the Lord saying, I want you to continue to serve. It's a woman. I see a woman and I hear the Lord saying, you've served well, you've honored well, and your time is not done. Mm. You're not done serving. Give me more time, daughter. I hear the Lord saying, and see what I will do on your behalf as you continue to walk in honor. Right. right now, Lord Jesus, I pray over every person that is listening to the sound of my voice. Those who will listen to this in the replay, I am releasing over you the grace to walk in unity. I release to you in the name of Jesus, the grace the divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in the life, both the power and the desire to do the will of God. Grace, grace, I say to you. To walk in unity in the body of Christ, to have one vision, to be missionally minded, to put aside small petty arguments and bickering. I release to you the grace to forgive the one who has spoken against you. I release to you the grace to bless them and not curse them. As Jesus said, bless those who curse you. He didn't say in some cases. So I release to you right now and pray over you. And I actually release a mother's blessing over you right now to choose unity in the hard moments, to interrogate your own motives instead of always interrogating somebody else's, to be quick to listen, 
and slow to speak. And I release to you honor. I say to you, I honor you in Jesus' name. I honor you, prophet. I honor you, evangelist. I honor you, those who have done the work of shepherding, who've cleaned the sheep, who have pulled the sheep out of the briars when the quote-unquote pastors weren't paying attention. I honor you in the name of Jesus so that you can go and honor, so that you can go and be the example you do not have. I release to you sonship and daughterhood. But you know, the idea of sonship and the anointing of sonship is not gendered. It's for all. In the Greek, sonship is for all. And so I release to you the anointing of the firstborn son. I release to you the blessings of the firstborn son so that you can go and demonstrate sonship where there has been orphanhood where the church has been led by orphans. I release to you the anointing to walk in sonship in Jesus' name. Right now, Papa, we as a group, Jeff and I in particular, we repent for our division and our disunity. Papa God, we repent on behalf of your church. When we've behaved like the liver was more important than the big toe, like we could go out on our own and do our own thing. God, we repent for for behaving like lone wolves instead of shepherds. Abba, I pray that we would choose unity in this hour. And Abba, right now I thank you for the prophetic counsel of the United States. Papa, I thank you for um, leaders like uh, Cindy Jacobs. I thank you for leaders like uh, Mama Patricia King. Mm -hmm. I thank you for leaders like uh, uh, Krista and Sean Smith. I thank you for leaders like Steve Schultz, Lord Jesus. I thank you for the leaders of our nation. Abba, I thank you for the prophetic and apostolic leaders of our na- uh, nation. For, uh, for Dutch Sheets, Lord Jesus, and Chuck mm-hmm. Pierce. Abba, I thank you for the prophetic council of the United States who has become, begun to submit to each other, to show true honor in this hour yes, so Lord. that the sheep may begin to uh, mirror, to mirror the unity and mutual submission and honor of our leaders, Abba, it comes from the head down. Unity must be demonstrated by the apostles and prophets of the United States in order for the sheep to truly be free to walk in unity and to mature in the things of God. I hear the Lord saying, oh prophet, oh apostle, I honor you in this hour as you repented in 2020, as you took the low road in 2020, you laid down your vision, Jeremiah Johnson. You chose to die to self in the hour when those who rose up against you to speak against you, I spoke for you in the heaven those of you who repented, those of you who chose mutual submission, I have honored you, says the Lord. I will honor you, says the Lord. I see mutual submission. I see the fathers and mothers on their knees. I see them with their arms around one another, says the Lord. And I hear the Lord saying in this honor, as you choose mutual submission, oh, prophetic voice of the United States, you will be purified in this hour. Power. 
You will be purified in this hour and you will bring forth the sound of heaven and the judgments of heaven. The judgments of the courts of the Lord will come forth from the United States again. Oh, says the Lord, the unity that has been existing and has been demonstrated in the British Isles is coming to America, says the Lord. There is a sound being released in the spirit realm as the fathers and mothers choose Unity. Abba, I praise you and I thank you for the leadership of the Church of the United States of America. I thank you, Papa, for the apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers, those who are carrying fivefold mantles in this hour, those who are fathers to fathers and mothers to mothers. Abba, we bless you and thank you for their lives. And we thank you for their amazing example. Papa, I pray right now that we would begin to mirror them in our submission. Abba, I pray that we would begin to see one another in the same way that Cindy Jacobs sees Patricia King. Abba, I pray that we would begin to mirror this honor in the same way that Kristen Sean Smith honor the prophetic fathers and mothers. I pray that we would honor one another and choose unity in this hour mm. in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Whoo, man. Hallelujah. Amen. Some heavy words. Man. Thank you, Papa. Hmm. Thank you. I just want to sit here for a second. Mm -hmm. And you know what? The same goes for me. Every single word, I'm willing to put it through the fire. Mm -hmm. Every single word I speak, I'm willing to be, to be circumcised. I'm willing to have the flesh cut away from my words. I'm willing to hear other people's voices because what I see right now, and, and you know what? I'm so proud of them. I'm so proud of our spiritual moms and dads. I really am. I'm so proud of them. And who am I? I'm just Harmony. I'm just a kid. But I'm so proud to be a member of this family, of the Church of the United States. In this hour, we have chosen to die. We have chosen mutual submission. And that means there's hope for the sheep. There's hope for us down on the ground level, doing the hard work, building families. There's hope because our fathers and mothers have honored one another. And so the same, that same thing goes for me. Every single word can be put through the fire. It can be tested and whatever is not straight from heaven can be thrown right out. And that's okay. We're going to choose unity in this hour. Mm, come on. Amen. Whew, okay. All right. All right. Gonna close this thing out. Okay. Um, how many, how, how can people follow you? What's the best place? Um, I know that you were doing a, um, a workshop, a kitchen table kingdom workshop. Are you going to be doing any more of those in the future? Give people the yes. details. Well, um, I would love for you guys to go to my website, heartheirvoices.net, purchase my materials, um, 
my first book, Hear Their Voices, is all about our call, the church's call to minister to the orphan, the single mom, um, the, the disenfranchised in our community, but especially the 400,000 children who are in foster care right now who need adoption, who need families, and the mamas and daddies that go along with those children who need to be discipled. Hmm. So this is, I mean, this is a now word for the church we are called to totally infiltrate foster care and adoption. And we are called to come alongside single moms, those coming out of addiction, those coming out of abusive situations. We're called to take in the moms. We're called to have the mom and the baby in the house. And, uh, and we're also called to support foster families. So th it's a book for everyone. Everyone has a job. Everyone has a role in this hour to love the orphan and, and the widow. Yeah. And, um, and then my second book is called Kitchen Table Kingdom, and it is a parenting curriculum. And the purpose of Kitchen Table Kingdom is to raise a generation of parents who are fully activated in their sonship, in their identity, so that they can raise an apostolic generation of children, sons and daughters who are prepared from childhood in the home, putting the power back in the hands of parents. Mm -hmm. And so um, if you're like, I need some practical um, strategies to help be more successful in my parenting of this toddler who won't eat anything at my table, Kitchen Table Kingdom is for you. Yeah. If you're dealing with a tween and you don't know how to talk to them about homosexuality, Kitchen Table Kingdom is for you. If you're uh, raising a teen who is being disrespectful to you, Kitchen Table Kingdom is for you. If you just had a baby or you just found out you're pregnant, Kitchen Table Kingdom <laughs> is for you because you can begin to prophetically parent from the womb. Kitchen mm. Table Kingdom will teach you how to do it. Awesome. And so go on my website, purchase the book. Um, both those materials are there. If you're in a really tough situation and you need some counsel and coaching, you can actually sign up on my website for parenting coaching. And then uh, lastly, we're actually in the middle of teaching a Kitchen Table Kingdom class right now. We're going to stop, start another one on the first Tuesday of April. Ooh. So my plan is to have that class up and running or ready for people to sign up next week. Awesome. So hopefully you all will come and sign up and be a part of destroying what is coming against our kids. Yeah. 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 And Harmony does a great job at teaching it. So, oh, yeah. All right, Harmony, thank you so much. This was really a much needed conversation. Um, really, really, uh, the you know, accented by those prophetic words that you, uh, you know, that you gave at the, the end, man. Yeah. Yes. Pumped up. All right, Harmony, thank you so much. My so pleasure. it's always so fun having you on the show. It's such an honor to be with you, Jeff. Thank yeah. you so much. Yeah, absolutely. So everybody, that's our show. Tune in tomorrow, which is Friday. Yay, Friday. We're going to have Jennifer Martin back. That's going to be great. We love Jennifer Martin. Um, and so, yeah, really great. Also, there's a donation link at the analogifier.com slash donate. Every single time you donate, that makes sure we do the water well thing. We keep this thing free. All of that, every, every single bit of it is made possible because of your guys' donations. So God bless you guys. Also, just a quick reminder. ElijahStreamsGrants.com right there on the bottom, but you can just type in Elijah Streams Grants and it will take you to a website and you can apply for a grant. If you have 
a human trafficking uh, organization or ministry based here in the US and you are looking for grants to take it to the next level. Some of you have gotten prophetic words and they're like, you're gonna be doing that. You're like, I have no idea how this is possible. Elijah Streams grants could be the way that God wants to do that. So Elijah Streams grants, I will say it one more time, Elijah Streams grants. You can go there for more information. God bless you guys. And we will see you tomorrow at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time with Jennifer Martin. Okay, God bless you guys, bye. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every weekday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahFire.com slash give for more info on how you can donate today. Thank you.